Curiosity Path podcast, a space for global conversations with people from different walks of life about the impact generosity has had on them. It's a place of inspiration, encouragement, and hopefully joy as we hear about the transforming power and potential of generosity to change the world. Welcome, everybody, to the Generosity Path podcast. We give warm greetings to all of our friends around the world. And my name is J. Paul Frydenmaker. I'm part of the leadership team of Generosity Path, and I'm here with our founder, Daryl Heald. Daryl, good to have you. Thanks, J. Paul. Always good to do this with you. Really looking forward to hearing this story today. That's right. We are excited to have David Gardner with us. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you both. Thank you, Jay Paul. Thank you, Daryl. It's, uh, it's great to be connected. Even electronically is better than nothing at all. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I'll be coming to London a little bit later this year. Maybe we can grab a coffee or a lunch or something. That sounds great. Um, so friends, David Gardner is a co-founder and general partner of London Venture Partners, which invests in the games sectors and gaming leaders of the future. And I'm really interested in that because I've got kids who are gamers. He's the former CEO and board director of Atari, which was my first gaming system, by the way, back when I played Asteroids and things like that. Um, Previously, he was the EVP and COO of Electronic Arts. And in 2007, he was awarded the Order of the British Empire. Whoa. (laughs) Do, Do we have to call you Sir David? No, I'm afraid I, you have okay. to be a knight of the British Empire, KDE. Oh, okay. but yeah, so I'm, I'm afraid I've got another couple of uh, layer levels to to to, to get. They've gamified all of this, so I've got a long way to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is living in London now with his wife Ellie, and his son Will, 15 year old son, is still with them. And I, um, but t- David, tell us a little bit more about your family and your life in the UK and your work. Happy to. Uh, you know, I've been here most of my life. I, I don't sound it. Uh, the the Brits say I have an American accent and the Americans say I have a British accent. So I guess I'm, I'm Canadian <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by default. <That's> right. <laughs> no, I, 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 <clears throat> I was born in California, but then uh, when I, just before turning 21, I moved to the UK to help Electronic Arts get set up its first international office. And I suppose, uh, you know, you might fall in love with any city when you're on someone's business expense account. But for me, I was <laughs> in London and it was incredible. It was the first, well, I'd lived in LA, I suppose. That was a big city, but a different kind of big city. London was my first big city and I, I loved it. And I've spent more than 35 years here. Um, we are a family of five. Uh, you mentioned Ellie, my wife, who's a, a, a clinical psychologist, a child and family specialty, but she runs a wonderful charity called Kids Matter, and we have three kids, two of which are now college graduates. So we, we congratulate ourselves that they are both alive and, um, and are through the, <laughs> out of the, well, out of the house, at least, you know, as college graduates. I mean, who knows? Uh, they've just, it's all very recent for us. This happened this year. And then we've got Will, who's still at home. Well, David, thanks for joining us. You know, as, as, I, um, as you mentioned London, I still remember... Wow, way back, I think this is maybe 2003, 2004. You might remember the, the specific year, but remember my, my assistant said, I think someone is calling on their cell phone from London and wants to talk with you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you 
remember that? You remember that first call? <laughs> I definitely remember that first call. And uh, all right, what's your recollection of it? My recollection is uh, I was asking the what, the what, the what, and you said, David, you need to be asking the why. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I think you probably uh, have um, you you own you own, you own that <clears throat> getting the priorities and, and kind of getting our, our heart in the right place. Yeah, I mean, I was lost. Uh, you know, we I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but kind of confused about we had the company had an IPO and and uh, suddenly we had um, stock options worth something. And my wife is 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 British and. You know, I said, honey, suddenly, uh, you know, we're rich. What? Are, wow, it's exciting. And she goes, we can't be rich. We're Christians. We have to get rid of all this stuff. And I said, but wait, I'm a Christian from America. I'm supposed to be blessed and rich. <laughs> so we knew we were coming from different cultures and different perspectives and we needed help. So, yeah, that's why we reached out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm grateful for that phone call because it that led to you, you know, flying over and, and coming to one of our early generous giving conferences. Yeah, Pasadena. Um, and that was, um, yeah, that was a that was a really special one, and that's where we met. So, um, yeah, I just well, I think it is kind of interesting now that we, you know, it was a great segue on the cultural piece. So we, you know, we started this this work of helping people answer the why question. And exploring this value proposition that's more blessed to give than receive. And we first started that here in the U.S. And then uh, you were super helpful for me in the, I guess, to the, you know, 2010, 11 um, time frame when I was coming over there and you convened some people and were like, okay, let's, let's see what this, you know, we really felt like God was calling us to take this message globally. Uh, I, I naively thought, that London would be an easy sell <laughs> with this message. Yeah. And, uh, but this is, th- these are some of the cultural things I had to learn uh, and, and uh, not, not easy lessons for sure. But um, yeah, when, once you, you know, give us some, some of your perspective just on, on the different cultures. And we, when we are looking at this, when we're looking at this message, how that's, you know, how, you know, how that's seen and understood and then just lived out. You know, it's it, it's a great question. I mean, it's a perspective. I don't know if it's the perspective, um, but I, I think some there are some common. I, I think people would agree that you know money uh, is is not a discussed topic in general. In certainly in in the UK, it's, it, you know, it differs a little bit some of the other countries. But I'm speaking more from from a British perspective, and. For various reasons. I mean, one, you don't want to make people, you don't want to show off. I mean, that's a very kind of deeply held um, kind of cultural thing. You're, you're never supposed to, um, uh, you know, let make make people feel that you're uh, more advantaged. Uh, and and I think I think there's therefore there's a modesty that uh, generally I mean you know of course there's exceptions to every kind of comment like this right but um, it's, you know when you're driving a Rolls Royce down the street maybe people know but um, it there is also a shy there's a shyness I think there's a you d- you don't want to uh, proclaim how well you're doing or. And it's just not the dumb thing. So we don't we don't normally talk about those kinds of things. And uh, and for us, actually, is 
Christians trying to do well with with gifts and with whether they're you know kind of financial resources or, or talents or whatever. I think you know we need to we need help. We need to learn. We need to we need to ask questions. We need to grow. And I think the church had a hard time, uh, has had a hard time talking about uh, these things and helping set out good teaching, partly because culturally we don't talk about money. And secondarily, often when money was spoken about, it's because they needed to raise money. And, you know, then, and then you would end up with a more of a cynical view of, oh, well, you know, I don't know how much of this to think uh, about or believe. And, you know, you're just really raising for the new, the new roof or whatever the, you know, the, the annual, um, the annual gift day. So that was, I suppose, my my big revelation when I was there at, at that very conference in Pasadena. You were speaking about. I was, I was just jumping for joy, meeting people who, who were, not showing off, but very happy to talk about what they found hard or what they were learning, mm. or, uh, and you didn't have to kind of be embarrassed, and, mm. and there was no agenda to you know, to, to take money and put it in this charity or that charity. It really was a, an open heart and, 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 and people were just trying to share, uh, you know, as, as, as a lot of people will know who've been to these, uh, you know, there's, there's sharing from scripture, there's sharing from people's, uh, people's walk. Um, there, you know, the neighbor, you're, you might be sitting next to somebody that happens to have a, uh, an incre- be a, an incredible role model or, or, or have dealt with just what you're trying to figure out. So it's always amazing, mm. the, the relationships and the stories that come through it. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. I should have said at the beginning too, David, that you've been a, you've been a great champion uh, for the movement in the UK and you serve on our Generosity Path board. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Yes, it's, well, no, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Um, talk a little bit, David, about how generosity intersects in your professional life. Um, I loved reading through your website, and you talk about you know investing in in game sectors and the gaming leaders of the future. Like, and and it strikes me like when I read it, it strikes me that you guys really come alongside these emerging leaders in more than just financial ways. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, and we're still learning about that, but it's interesting. So we have a venture capital fund that focuses on investing in the game space. That's really, as you mentioned, my basically that's my whole career, my business career. And it, when I prayed about, you know, should I change careers? I I, I left uh, electronic arts and, and and Atari. I thought, okay, what's what's the next thing for me? Should I shall I start over? But I, I felt no. I I had a relationships in the games industry, I had experience in the games, and I really wanted to stay in the, in that in the industry. And I realized that I was loved working with the entrepreneurs. And they were so grateful to have, first of all, anyone pay attention to them uh, because they weren't successful yet. They might have good ideas, they might be smart, they might have uh, you know lots of positive attributes, but they um they weren't yet them in themselves a name. And I found that you can be very generous with ideas and help and having encouragement. Uh, and so I would say that beyond the kind of cap- capital investing piece, it is the encouragement uh, to help them uh, and and sharing wisdom. Sometimes encouraging them is not all good because people can go too long and too hard at the wrong thing. 
Uh, sometimes you have to say, I think it's time to put something down, yep. let it close, change, do something else. Um, but I would certainly say the, the reward is, is just kind of being appreciated. And I felt my professional career go on and on because, uh, that's, that's a positive, a positive loop. Yeah. 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 So I guess that's how, and, and, but you know, I'm starting to think about some other things and there's, there's a wonderful, uh, I mean, we've got mutual friend that actually you introduced me to, to Henry Kastner, but thinking far beyond simple things like that, thinking about how can you have generosity and pricing for, for consumers? How can you have a positive influence in, of course, the standard things around business ethics and, you know, whether you're, you know, honest and uh, in your dealings, but beyond that, I think there's a way to love and treat your customer uh, completely differently. Yeah. At a very high level, we invested in a Finnish games company and they, they really had a heart for their consumers and, they had a completely different pricing model. Rather than kind of have a paywall and force people to pay to to get to other levels in, in their games, they had a very generous approach. And you didn't have to pay anything. And lots of people did. And when they did pay, people were delighted to pay. It was a completely different kind of emotional <laughs> experience. There was a competitor they had uh, that was very uh, similar sized at that time out of, uh, they happened to be in California. And they were very aggressive with their pricing and payment systems and, and kind of, uh, you, and you may have experienced certain things where, you know, you can't go any further. You have to, they want the mm. money that, that put your visa card in here comes up, you know, and they were much more aggressive and, and it just left a bad taste in your mouth. Um, they did well. They initially, they got a lot of money, but eventually that company petered out and the mm. long term, you know, customers just felt angry, I think, and, and fled. Yeah. So I, th- mm-hmm. I think there's generosity in all, ki- in all kinds of ways. So I'm trying to stretch my idea of what generosity means in the business context and how to be influential around, uh, around that. David, you, we were mentioning before, I mean, we've been on this journey together since 04. Um, but as you have lived in London and wanted to just create some community there, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Generous Journey, what that's, what that's looked like and the community you've created there, because you've been at that for a long time. Well, generous journey. We 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 first uh, had our kind of UK event, which you very generously came over, and your father-in-law. I mean, you you got you got you, you all jumped in and were right behind us, and we we wanted to basically do a like your celebration events um, because taking Christ taking the teaching out of the church and putting it in a, in, in a, in this context of we're not, we're not after anything other than sharing and learning and, 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 um, and just getting better. Um, we, I just thought, well, this is exactly in a safe place where we could actually speak about things with peers and not feel like you're being judged or showing off or anything like that. So we tried that and, um, we ended up calling it generous journey because we realized, uh, we wanted it to be, people really wanted it to be, about anything I, I remember about giving beyond money. And I remember one of the speakers there, uh, Prabhu Guptara was talking about being generous with your connections and your influence. Um, yeah. And we know, you know, we, we know the widow that gave her two coins was the most generous of all. It's not about quantum of, 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 of giving. It's, it's about, you know, your heart and your, your condition. So anyway, so we called it generous journey and we realized that, 
it is a journey. Uh, you know, you, you don't get it right. Uh, I mean, maybe some people do, but it takes, you think you know something and then you realize you have to learn it again. And then you, to, you think you've given up, you, you've, you've released it and you're, you're, you know, it doesn't have a hold on you. And then you find it does again, you have to give it again. Um, so we just basically started uh, and small and, you know, we are a number of families. We're roughly about, I guess we're a few hundred in total, but usually 50 of us get together on an annual mm-hmm. basis. Um, and what's really been special is seeing the relationships uh, grow and how, mm-hmm. you know, of course people have different stories to tell, but now a number of people are, giving together and joining up on projects and mm. finding they have common interests or, uh, yeah, just helping encourage one another, but maybe jointly funding, uh, things and, and having common priorities. And that, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's some of the hidden fruit. Maybe we didn't think about it at the beginning. Yeah. Wonderful. What are some of the causes, David, that you and, and Ellie love to give to? And and how do the two of you kind of typically approach giving decisions and things like that? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, well, we give we we have a, lo- a lot of our priority. I think our Christian ministry um, things we you know often say if you know if the Christians aren't giving to Christian things, nobody else will, right? So, so I th- I would say certainly our our initial our highest uh, priority is our local church. Um, we. Um, are also keen on alpha and, and global evangelism and just helping equip the global church. I think both Ellie and I have areas that we're probably more passionate about than, than the other. So we certainly support one another to do slightly different things. I uh, do a lot with entrepreneurs, with, um, with education uh, around entrepreneurial and business related things. And she has also been very, passionate about the family and the parenting in particular. And then of course we have uh, crisis giving when, when something specific happens, we, you know, we, we felt very moved by COVID and some of the immediate needs and also just really were afraid that generosity might dry up, not, not generosity would dry up, but that, that the funds might just not be there. People might, you know, and, so it was incredible to see how much more generous people became during COVID. It's, yeah, it's been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. So, and then I guess to answer the, another part of your question, how do we, how do we decide things and how do we get on the same page? Uh, you know, we've, we've, we've done things kind of boring things like, well, we have a quarterly meeting in our, <laughs> our diary and we look at all new things together and we make sure that we, we carve out yeah. a half day on what well, we, we typically pick Fridays, but, uh, and that's our, um, that's our kind of giving day <laughs> where we talk about things, we want to refresh that's things. Cool. And, yeah. um, and we try, we, we've, we've kind of evolved. I think over time we, we, we try not to be in and out of things. We try to have at least a three year commitment to something uh, and then there are like things like, of course, our home church, we, we are consistent about, but there are other things where we, and maybe this is partly my background of working with startups and entrepreneurs. We often like to look at new things and try to see if we can get them sustainable and, and help them learn, um, how to do their piece. Well, we always try to refresh our list and make sure, are we 
are we giving to things we really trust and believe in? And more and more, I think it's become, you know, you, you, you don't want anyone to be dependent on you, particularly sometimes when there is right. a startup situation, maybe, maybe it is in the short term, but we definitely want to build relationship and not just be kind of sending yes. money into the, into the ether where we don't feel that, yeah, we know. And, 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 and yeah, not, not that we're looking for any gratitude per se. We're just trying <laughs> to make sure that it's a good, right. You know, good stewardship, if that makes sense. Yeah. What is your favorite game? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Saturday morning. Ellie's out with friends. You, you're you're just chilling by yourself. What do you draw up on the game system? So, well, uh, we you know we were joking just before just before because uh, the the newest version of FIFA, which is the the soccer the football game, uh, yeah, from Electronic Arts, just came out today. So that's uh, we were just playing that before coming in here. And I think games that bring people together. So for my 15 year old, uh, I would say it's definitely FIFA and. Of course, uh, I have no chance of winning. He's just, <laughs> it, there is, uh, there is, even though I, I started playing games when I was a teenager, yeah, you know, you don't have the same eye-hand coordination. Um, yeah. So I do that for community with him. Uh, yeah. If I'm playing a game and it's just me, it would be, it would be uh, a strategy game, something where you don't have to, you're not under time pressure. Okay. <laughs> David, tell us a story that is close to home where, or maybe recently, you have been the recipient of generosity, uh, maybe within your family, neighborhood, your community. That's a, that really was a lovely question. And uh, I, I went running to Ellie, my wife, to say, we, we need to think, what's the answer to this? <laughs> and... And I realized that um, it brought back some very lovely memories. And for us, uh, it was the generosity of another family that helped us uh, on a during a very tough parenting time. So it was, it, you know, we were. I suppose we are uh, like a lot of people. You know, you've got, you know, the fridge is full, so you're, you're not worried about the basic hierarchy of needs, but it's this, uh, these harder things. And for us, the, 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 the challenge is always the parenting piece. And, uh, it happened to be a, a time when Ellie was away. Cause usually I, I run and hide from the hard parenting things. And I, <laughs> my wife, you've got all the professional credentials. I need you to help me on this. Um, and I was in charge and we had just had a really tough uh, time with school and uh, not just school, but just kind of behavioral things. And uh, this family just jumped in and said, send us your son. We're wow. taking him for the weekend. Yeah. And I, I, I really was uh, on my knees. There was nothing I could do. I just, I was going to just go cry in my bedroom for the weekend. And that, you know, it's, it's a hassle for people to take, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not even just babysit for the evening, but like, take a teenager for the weekend, um, at least for us, that was, that was a very loving thing. And it was, it was at a very pivotal moment and just seeing people think about that, being aware of that, um, that was a very much a blessing for us. Uh, and we realized it's sort of non-financial things, I think that are the most meaningful uh, when right. it's really an inconvenience or really, you, you can really sense the love that's behind something. 
That is beautiful. It's a great story. Well, David, uh, we love you. We are so honored to have the time. Thank you for your generosity with your story and your time. It's been great to have you with us. Thank you so much for all that you're, you're doing and sharing. And uh, just, yeah, I appreciate all the support over the years. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Generosity Path podcast. Pay it forward by rating, sharing, and subscribing. To find out more about connecting your own passions and purpose with your giving, visit generositypath.org or engage in the conversation by following us on social media. Let's make the world a better place. Thank you.